You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to another crossover episode here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. He's Lauren Cox of the Locked On Bears podcast, Steelers Bears. Yes, they're playing on Monday night. Yes, that's a few more days away. But crossover Thursday requires us to do some talking ball on this Thursday for you. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. We're loving it because it's not I'm because there's two of us on the show. Um, also, we thank you for making Locked On Steelers and Locked On Bears your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Lauren, how you doing, my man? Hey, I'm I'm doing well. I'm, I find myself not quite as excited for this Monday Night Football matchup, just given where things have been trail trending for the Bears. But hey, prime time when those lights goes on, I'll definitely be fired up. Absolutely. It's and that's the thing. It's 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 Monday night football. But I will say, you know, whereas the Bears, wherever the Bears have been over the last 15, 16 years since 2005, <laughs> they have found a way to beat the Steelers. It is this there like the Steelers could be a 13 and three team and the Bears could be one of the worst teams in the league, but they will find a way to beat them. It's been the most bizarre thing. And I know I've actually talked to several Steelers fans who are like, oh, God, not now. Yeah, it's a weird trend. I don't know if they've just figured out a little bit of Mike Tomlin. I don't even, Bears have weird relationships with teams. They've had that happen with certain teams like at home, too, and they come to Soldier Field or whatever. It's always been a problem. So we'll, we'll see if that trend continues. Certainly the Bears are, are trying to work their way up and, and need a win like this to rebuild some of that confidence a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. Also, I forgot. I promised. I promised I would do this. I have to give a quick shout-out to one of our Steeler Nation guys. Happy birthday to Richie Q from Dublin. It is your birthday on Thursday. We thank you for being such a big fan of the Locked On Steelers podcast. But now, Lauren, let's get into some key questions. A question that every Steelers fan is trying to figure out right now. Will Khalil Mack play? There was talk about he was on injured reserve, then he wasn't on injured reserve. Now he's listed officially as questionable. What's the what's going on in Chicago? Yeah, so clearly Khalil Mack is injured, but the mystery is to what extent. And he's been a player that historically, even through his Bears career, he's he's played through minor things that actually, you know, we think of them as minor, but I'm sure for regular mere mortals like us, we would be in bed <laughs> all day. But he somehow plays football games through these sorts of things that he downplays and, you know, he doesn't want to use it as an excuse. You know, I'm, if I'm out there and playing, I'm, I'm going to be 100% for my teammates. And, you know, again, he doesn't try and make it an explanation or, or why he might be struggling or anything like that. And so that being said, he, he, he has plenty of weeks where he won't practice all week and he'll still play on Sundays, or in this case, on Mondays. So there's there's always going to be that chance, as long as he's not on injured reserve, which they opted not to place him there last week despite reporting that he was sort of expected to be shut down for a little while. Uh, evidently, he's been stubborn or resisting enough or thinks his body can heal enough to potentially play sooner than the injured reserve window might have shut him down. Does that mean he could be ready to go Monday? I I wouldn't completely rule it out, but at this point, I think it would be a surprise given how close they seem to be towards shutting him down just, you know, seven days ago. Yeah, that, I mean, and that's that's a huge story, but it, it, it is a good side. One, like you said, Khalil Mack is not a human being. He, he is a ridiculous athlete on a completely other level. He's probably from Mars. We don't know, but he is he's a he's a freak of an athlete, and we've seen 
guys like that kind of recover, you know, and and be able to get back from things. So we'll see what happens with him there. But I, I got to ask you about Justin Fields, because I personally was one of the biggest people that was on Justin Fields going into this NFL draft class when they were putting Zach Wilson above him and all these other guys. I'm like, OK, you do that. When the Bears got him, I was like, that's the guy that the, the Bears are finally getting their guy. He's had a rough start. Three touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, the Bears, one of the one of one of the lower scoring teams in the NFL right now. What has your bit been your evaluation of his play so far? Is he learning? Is he growing? Is it the is it the scheme that doesn't work for him? What's going on with Justin Fields? It's been a combination of problems surrounding him. And so when he's made occasional rookie mistakes in there, they mm. tend to be a little bit magnified and exaggerated. So like of course. Some of the some of the turnovers and interceptions and, and mistakes have been his fault. A rookie in his first few starts is going to occasionally, you know, make it some decisions here and there that are poor. And I think the biggest one that sticks with me is is the ball security and the pocket presence. Is just sometimes he's a little bit too loose with because he's used to college where he is so much faster than you know the defensive lineman chasing him on the field. And so when he had Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney in his first start against the Browns, that was a real wake-up call, and there was nine sacks in that game. But but nine sacks does not all fall on the rookie quarterback, right? The offensive line has right. been, a, I would say, a work in progress. I don't know how much progress there's been, but it's been a struggle with the offensive line. It's been a struggle with play calling in terms of doing the types of things to support a rookie quarterback, especially with his skill set. Just this last week, they finally got into more play action and, and more moving pockets and different things that sort of open up the field a little bit more for fields because they want to they want to get more explosive in the passing game they know he has the arm strength they know he can hit those tight window throws downfield it's just a matter of giving him time for the plays to develop and to have a clean pocket to set his feet in and deliver those throws and then you know being able to then incorporate his legs into it as a part of it we finally saw it all sort of piece together as probably about as best as we've seen it last week against the 49ers. Just in that game, their defense completely fell apart and collapsed in a way that was really sort of surprising. So they feel like they're on the precipice of offensive success here, and a lot of it has been steady growth from Justin Fields. It's like each game, there's there's one or two plays where you're just like, wow, like that's that's a dynamic rookie quarterback. That's why you traded up and you drafted him in the top of the first round. And, and that's been able to, generally speaking, make up for some of the rookie mistakes in there. They just haven't necessarily had enough from the rest of the supporting cast around him to have that really turn into consistent points in offensive success. The Steelers just got done beating what's the number one ranked uh, uh, rushing offense in the Browns. But the Bears are, a number, are the number five rushing offense in the NFL right now. Mike Tomlin talked about that being a serious threat, and he said J Justin Fields is part of that. What has made the Bears rushing offense something that it can count on? Or it, is that number overinflated or just they, they've just happened to get that many rushing yards? Or is there something real being built there? Because David Montgomery's been on injured reserve. Yeah, they want that to be their offensive identity, and it's going to be a huge focus for them in this game. And it's it's really not inflated. You know, sometimes you can see teams that they get a score, they, they get a lead, and then they just run the ball a lot, and their numbers kind of get inflated. The Bears have been losing these games, but still rushing <laughs> at, a, at a really high success rate. And honestly, I will say their offensive line is is better in the ground game than it is in pass protection. It seems like, for whatever reason, they're, they're a little bit easier at being more the aggressors and, and getting physical in that regard. But their six-round rookie, Khalil Herbert, has been a huge surprise and is running mm. really, really well and honestly costing David Montgomery millions of dollars every week because as, as Montgomery's contract situation comes up, they're going to look at Herbert and all the missed tackles he's been forcing. He's he's quick, he's explosive, and it's really like he gets ahead of steam fast. When he goes downhill, he gets through to the second level. Just It, it feels like a beat faster than even like – to some extent, David Montgomery, because it's just it's just kind of this one cut and go, whereas Montgomery's a little bit more side to side and Herbert's a little bit more of a downhill type speed runner. So he's been 
he's really been the engine of this Bears running game. And it wasn't until last week against the 49ers that Fields had his first 100 yards rushing game. And his his legs really now are, are expected to become an even greater factor against the Steelers. It's just going to be it's going to be a fun matchup there, I think, with a guy like Devin Bush at linebacker and how that quarterback linebacker dynamic goes in this one. It certainly will be interesting. The Steelers, uh, they 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 face their share fair of fast quarterbacks and athletic quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, twice a year. Um, but they're definitely they 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 talked about Justin Fields in a positive way. At least when we talked to Mike Tomlin on Tuesday. Last question here from my side here. What do you see as the the bigger assets of this defense right now? Because right now they they're, they're not ranking them that that high. You know they've given up the twentieth. They're ranked twentieth in points in points allowed. They're ranked fifteenth in yards allowed. Um, they haven't really like you know spiked up in anything. But this is a defense that like you know I'm a big Roquan Smith guy. I've been I've been for years. Um, you got to respect Tashawn Gibson, Eddie Jackson. There's talent on this defense. Where, where do you see the, the trajectory of this defense going? Because the Steelers, they were talking a lot about how much they respect what they're going to have to do to put points up on the board against the Bears. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to say right now because they were so surprisingly awful against the 49ers. I mean, it was really their worst defensive performance of the season last week. I think it felt like they did better against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers than they did against the, the, the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's it's hard for me to know, like, was that just a fluke, or are we going to see some more really, really bad defense? Certainly, the, they, the strength is in the, the front seven. The secondary has been the weakness all season long. Eddie Jackson has been struggling. Tashawn Gibson has been struggling. All of their cornerbacks, not named Jalen Johnson, have been pretty much bad. Uh, you know, young, inexperienced players kind of rotating in there. So the back end has been, been where the major concerns are. And they've really hung their head on their pass rush when Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn have been healthy. And with... with Quinn sidelined with COVID and now Mack injured. And Quinn came back last week, but missing Cleo Mack has been such a, a massive void for them in this defense that I think that's part of where things started falling apart against the 49ers, that they just couldn't get the consistent pass rush to make up for some of the very real deficiencies on the back end. And so if Mack's out again, I, I have some very real concerns about how they're going to get after Ben Roethlisberger and try and slow down the Steelers a little bit. But there's still going to be sort of the front seven where they live and die off of and just scrape by with what they've got in the secondary. That's going to be really interesting to see if the if the Bears can do. Um, I think they've got the roster to do that. We'll see if they can if they can put it together. But like you said, a lot of that will depend on Khalil Mack too. He's a huge part of of what they do. Just like T.J. Watt is a huge part of what the Steelers do. But. We're going to get to Lauren's questions to me on the Steelers in just a second here. Before we do that, we got to talk to you about McDonald's. This crossover episode on the Locked On Podcast Network is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to re reconnect. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you'll always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Trust me, I just did a, a, a New York trip a couple weeks ago on my way out there i got my me some mcdonald's breakfast on my way back i got me some mcdonald's breakfast that's where <laughs> mcdonald's is it helps me refuel and reconnect um and uh, we encourage all of our listeners here in the lockdown podcast network to head to their local mcdonald's to refuel and reconnect I'm loving it. We're also brought to you by Get Upside. Hey, NFL fans, this is Chris Carter, the Locked On Steelers podcast, here with Lauren Coxie to tell you to, about, about the incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. 
My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that's promo code TOUCHDOWN for the Get GetUpside app. I'm Chris Carter here with Lauren Cox. We're keeping it rolling here. What are your questions for me on the other side as the host of Locked On Bears? Yeah, where do you see the Pittsburgh Steelers sort of fitting in right now in the trajectory of the AFC North and and really, I guess, sort of the AFC playoff picture? Because I feel like, you know, when they were losing all those games, you know, they're one and three or whatever, and it kind of felt like, at least from, from the outside, it was like, well, not that they're done, but obviously, you know, it's kind of game over with Ben Roethlisberger. It's the beginning of the end here or maybe the end of the end here and, you know, <laughs> the, the sort of end of an era and they're going to have to turn over and everything's kind of just falling apart there while, you know, the rest of the division was sort of accelerating. And all since then, you know, the Browns kind of fall off a little bit. The, the Ravens may be a little bit more vulnerable. And, of course, the Bengals have kind of been back and forth and they've won three games in a row. So, like, where like are, are the Steelers contenders? Are they pretenders? What's sort of your level of confidence in, in what we've seen from them recently? I've said... Before the season and during the season, I, I see them coming late December. They're competing for the top of the AFC, AFC North. Excuse me. I think that this this division is a lot closer than people give it. You know, thought gave it credit for. The Bengals are probably the biggest surprise of the division with the way that they've started off strong. But you know, I said that they eventually they would fall off um, this season, and I think they they don't have any of the experienced guys who have been part of winning teams. Uh, you know, on their roster who can kind of carry and lead. Um, and, uh, and I think that, you know, I, I didn't think they'd lose to the jets, but I think <laughs> that that, that that's coming. Um, and in fact, uh, I actually on the lot on the Friday episode of locked on NFL, uh, Steelers listeners know this cause I've been ranting about it, but I, I, we had to make bets like face paint bets and uh, we had to pick a team. If, if this, if this team beat this team, you know, I would, you know, you'd have to wear face paint. So I picked the Bengals to beat the Jets. And well, I have these decals. I'm gonna have to wear on my face on the Friday episode of Locked On NFL. <laughs> so uh, the Bengals did that to me for uh, how dare I ever put my faith in them. But uh, but in all seriousness, the Browns, I, I picked them to have a regression. They're the Browns. They 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 do this all the time. Every time you every day you because this isn't the first time that we thought that oh maybe the Browns have figured something out and then they fall flat on their face and now we see Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't want to play there. Everything's up and up. Everything's in an uproar. They lose to the Steelers at home. Um, you know there's a, there's a lot of issues there. But the Steelers when they were losing and I said this during that losing streak I said this is not a team. This is not a team that's balanced like some of like like, like the 2008 Steelers, the last Steelers team to win a Super Bowl where you know you could lose some players on offense but the defense would carry you or you could lose some players on defense and the offense would carry you. You know this. This is a Steelers team that is heavily predicated on the defense being elite, not good, elite. And that's because this offensive line is brand new. They've gotten better, but there's still a young offensive line with two rookies, a second year guard, um, and, you know, really a whole new makeup of how they've been compared to the last decade of football. Um, so, when the defensive players were out, they missed T.J. Watt for for you know the three for like two games. They missed Alex Highsmith for a couple games. They missed Joe Hayden for a game. Devin Bush for a couple games. You know, and so you know, piece on piece on piece, they were losing guys left and right. And so they went from being a 
decent to they went from being well in the first game of the season we saw they were a great defense they shut down the buffalo bills no one saw it coming i even picked the bills to win that game and then uh then you saw when those guys came out they were a decent defense and they could give they'd give up 24 points here but that was that's not what you need with it with the balance of this team so that was kind of where i saw now that they're healthy again they're in a spot where if they can stay healthy i think they can bang with most nfl teams because they have the defense to keep people in check they have disciplined coverage on the back end they have aggressive pass rush they can stop the run when their guys are healthy they're really thin now though with stefan to it and tyson alulu not be not being able to play both are still on injured reserve now you lose melvin ingram because he wanted to he wanted to start and the steelers were like that's not what you were brought here for he's gone so now you lost your third edge rusher they, they hope that taco charlton can be that guy um but that's the issue right now is can they stay healthy and can they play their brand of football? They did last week against the Browns defensively. They were able to, to, to create a, a, a crucial turnover late. But this is a Steelers team that knows it's not the this isn't the days of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and Martavis Bryant lighting up scoreboards with Ben Roethlisberger. It's the days of they're going to grind out wins the old school Steeler way of stifling defense and a run game powered by Najee Harris. Yeah, what, what level of Ben Roethlisberger are, are the Steelers getting? I mean, how, how much how much are they carrying him versus him still being able to kind of be the guy when they need him to be? It's a mi- it's a mix there because they're the def- this is this they're winning with they're winning with him. He's not leading them to victory. There were a couple of years, you know, where he was kind of dragging them along. You know, in the in the mid 2010s, there were plenty of bad defenses that they had. You know, their secondaries back then were really bad. And you saw that sometimes it was just a matter of, hey, you got to put up 35 today because that, that defense is that secondary is going to give up big play after big play. Now it's the opposite. Now it's like, hey, you know, all you're being asked to do is don't turn the ball over and make the crucial play at the right time. I'd say that in, in the Steelers wins, Ben has done that, especially like la- like last week against the Browns uh, late in the fourth quarter. He they called an RPO, believe it or not, with Ben Roethlisberger. And he hit he hit he hit it with Deontay Johnson getting a, a slant. And he took it 50 yards to, to basically end the game. Um, and that was, uh, you know, those are the things that Ben has been able to do is that he makes those smart decisions in those in those big moments. But he hasn't made those smart decisions enough this year. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's his arm. Oh, it's his elbow. Oh, it's his lack of mobility. It's not it's none of those things. His arm is actually fine. He's hit several deep balls this year. Uh, but the issue is he's still he, he's still not a surgeon at the quarterback position. He's still not cycling through his reads consistently enough. And part of that is he didn't think he had enough time. He's under pressure. He was under pressure a lot early in the season. He's getting hit 11 times a game to start this, you know, for the first like three or four games. Um, And that led to some distrust. And he was like, I got to get the ball out faster. And then he didn't feel like he could go through his reads. Now he's starting to figure that out for himself. So it's more so that, you know, older version of Ben still has the arm, just doesn't have the ability to, you know, absorb a hit and like shrug a 300 pound lineman off and then throw, throw the deep ball. Now he has to kind of just win with his head and win with his arm. And that's a little bit harder for him because he's never been that cerebral quarterback. He's been more instinctual and just feeling his way through the game. So I wouldn't say the Steelers are, the Steelers are carrying him or he's carrying the Steelers, but I'd say he's more of a passenger in the, in the, in the car that is the Steelers that go. Whereas, you know, in some years past, he was, he was off in the driver. We touched on a little bit earlier that, you know, the Bears are going to want to run the ball offensively to, to kind of keep 
everything in schedule for Justin Fields. The Steelers' run defense, it seems like they've had some games, you know, like last week they kind of kept Nick Chubb and the Browns pretty well under wraps, but then, like, mm-hmm. Rashad Penny and the Seahawks had, I think, 100 yards against them. What, what, what's been what's been sort of the difference there? What, what's made them good when they've been good, and, and why it seems like, and not that they've given up any, like, humongous rushing performances, but is, it, is there some, or has there been some wiggle room there for some teams to find a little more room on the ground than you might expect? Well, there has been, and, and it's funny. It wasn't even Rashad Penny. It was Alex Collins because Penny was still hurt. Like it, it was literally the third string running back for the Seahawks who was yeah. dicing them up, and everyone was like, "Where did this come from?" Um, but I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you what that was because we asked we we because that was leading into the bye week, so we had two weeks to ask Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. You know what was that? And you're about to play Nick Chubb. What are you gonna do? Um, but. The Steelers maintain the whole time. Like, hey, we weren't assignment. Uh, you know, we were playing gap assignment football. We didn't maintain gap integrity. We needed to be more disciplined in how we played those spots. And a lot of people thought, like, okay, that's just them saying, oh, we it's within our control. Then they went out in the Browns game and they proved it. They held Nick Chubb to just sixty-one yards on the ground. The the you know they forced Baker Mayfield to beat them. And when you do that, most often you will win the game. Um, so that was that was kind of what what that was, and they proved it right now. I will say that it it's going to be tough for them to rely on that consistently again they're down two major defensive linemen Stephon Tuitt was you know right next to Cam Hayward Stephon Tuitt and Cam Hayward were poised to be the best defensive tackle one-two punch in the NFL because of Hayward being an all-pro elite kind of guy Tuitt getting there he had 11 sacks last season and he stuffs the run very well but he you know his his, his brother died in the offseason which really slowed his rehab up as far as getting back from his knee injury and so now he's doing a lot of that work now so he's pushed far back from being able to uh sort of you know be ready for this season and then Tyson Alulu suffered suffered an unfortunate injury so uh and then they lost the guy who was going to be behind those guys and Carlos Davis so they're really down three interior defensive linemen but they found that, you know, they, Chris Wormley has stepped up to be a better player for them. Isaiah Loudermilk, the fifth-round rookie they traded up to get um, this past year, has stepped up. They really like what Isaiah Bugs, you know, has, is learning to do. It's more so those guys figuring things out in the middle that has allowed them to play well last week. But, again, these are young guys. Oftentimes, that could be inconsistent. I'd watch out if I'm the Steelers for that Bears rushing offense. Uh, both teams, it sounds like, are going to want to play physical running game and tough defense and try and keep this yeah. little back-and-forth slugfest. I think that's why our friends at BetOnline.ag have the over-under set for this game at just 40 points, not expecting a, a big shootout there. BetOnline, of course, one of the wonderful sponsors helping us bring you this Crossover Thursday podcast. They're your number one spot for all your sports betting needs, whether it's pro football, college football, basketball season starting up, hockey season, plus, you know, soccer, tennis, boxing, even, you know, Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the different amazing offers available for the 2021 season and beyond. It's the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. The spread for this game is Steelers favored by six and a half. Probably not too surprising there with them as the home team. Moneyline right now has Steelers minus 265, Bears plus 225. If you like those odds, head on over to betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account. And when you do, enter in our promo code Locked on, and you're going to receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, giving you even more money to play with and win at betonline.ag, where the game starts. Back here on Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. He's Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears. We are keeping it rolling here. 
we talked, we asked each other questions. We got down to, you know, who's hurt, who's not hurt, what's the strengths, what's the weaknesses, what's going on with each other's quarterbacks. But now it's time to talk matchups. And this is what I do every week when I go on crossover with somebody. We got to talk about what's a matchup you like for your team and a matchup you dislike for your team. Lauren, I'll let you start. What's your what's the best matchup that you see the Bears being able to work to their advantage in this game? The, the spot I've circled is when you talked about it earlier, a lot of rookies on that Steelers offensive line and mm -hmm. the Bears have been so predicated on needing their pass rush to disrupt opposing quarterbacks to help out their secondary that just can't hold up if quarterbacks can ex extend plays, which is what Jimmy Garoppolo was able to do quite a bit of last week. And I'll be curious to see how Ben does in that regard. But looking at Dan Moore at left tackle, a, a rookie fourth round pick versus Robert Quinn, who has really, really been one of the positive surprises of the season for the Bears defense. Last year was his first year in Chicago and got a very nice contract to come to play for this team and really was a huge disappointment. Bears fans were ready to trade him, ready to cut him. I mean, I was ready to trade him and cut him. He was he was awful. <laughs> I mean, he was he was not producing sacks. He was not getting even pressures after the quarterback. It just a, a waste of money and a waste of a roster space for a lot of the game that was hurting the Bears pass rush. But all of a sudden this season, something changed. And he's kind of vaguely hinted that like he was dealing with something in his life last season, whether it's an injury mm -hmm. that he won't admit to or you know, something off the field or if it's mental. I mean, we don't know what it is. He's, he's kind of said, I'm not going to talk about it. Just just know that he's in a better place now. Again, whether it's physically or mental, we don't know. But we have seen uh, some great results. And he and Mac have been a very dynamic duo. The defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, has been good at moving them around. Sometimes he'll line them up together and stunt and twist them. Or sometimes he'll, you know, he'll put all of the, the big guys on one side and, and kind of force the defense to pick their poison if they want to slide to the, the, the heavy overload on one side. Or it's Khalil Mack or, or Robert Quinn on the other side. And who where are you going to help out? your offensive line I'm, I'm looking for even whether Mac plays or not for Quinn to be able to win that one-on-one -on -one matchup and make Ben Roethlisberger uncomfortable because that can go a long way for this defense to to kind of hold its own on the back end it's certainly a big case there what's a matchup that you're worried about boy <laughs> there's, there's a lot of them and I, and I hate to I hate to stick with the <laughs> trenches but on the other side TJ Watt versus either of the Bears offensive tackles I know Jason Peters is definitely the bigger name and uh, was has had a great career with the Eagles but he is not the the offensive lineman he once was he's He's been hit and miss. Certainly, I trust him more than the right side. It's probably going to be rookie fifth-round pick Larry Borum, who made his first start last week after coming off an injury. If not him, they've rotated some other guys in there, Elijah Wilkinson or maybe Alex Bars, if things kind of hit the fan. But T.J. Watt has just been so dominant and so good this season. And either Bears offensive tackle is going to be a concern for me after we've seen Justin Fields struggle versus some really great pass rushers winning against the Bears offensive tackles. They, recently, they've they've done a better job of leaving tight ends into chip and pass block a little bit more, running back helping out in those pass rushing lanes as well. And it's made it's made a noticeable difference, but I think it's going to take more than just scheme to, to fully neutralize these pass rushers, especially T.J. Watt, when you have a, a clear plus matchup for the Steelers there that can, again, disrupt the running game as well. Watt's not just a, a great pass rusher. He's great in collapsing those edges too. And if they can make, if they can keep Justin Fields from having that time to throw and open things up vertically, the Bears can get a little stale, a little bit one-dimensional. They fall behind the sticks, and that's how you get a lot of punts and not a lot of scoring. Well, see, that's the thing that I have with the Bears in this game as far as an advantage that works for their favor. I'll start in the reverse. I'll say one thing that I think should concern the Steelers. I know the Bears aren't like you know a, a super stifling run defense right now. I think they're ranked 25th in, in, in rushing yards allowed, but they still have dangerous athletes up front, even if Khalil Mack doesn't play. Like I said, I'm a big Roquan Smith guy. You still got Alec Ogletree. Like you said, you got Quinn up there. Um, Akeem Nixon can be, can be in the conversation there. That group can 
can get after you. And this is a young offensive Steelers offensive line that's started to feel itself a little bit. They've had some success running the football. You know, Dan Moore Jr., guy you talked about um, just just there. You know, if you go on PFF and Lauren, this is this is a this this even stunned me. They gave him a zero point zero pass protection grade last week against <laughs> against Miles Garrett. Now, granted, Miles Garrett only got one sack. It was only like it wasn't like he just crushed the Steelers and obviously they won the game. Um, but it was it was just a it was a matter of like okay. Is this a is this a boost of confidence or is this going to be something where they start to feel themselves a little too much and maybe they overlook an opponent like the Bears who you know despite the talent them the Bears are three and five right now so you know there there could be some there could be something there that would be something I'd be worried about as far as the the youth in Pittsburgh you know going up against some guys that are really athletic can get after you and can change things because if the Steelers run game doesn't get going the Steelers passing game is going to have a hard time getting set up and, and with Ben Roethlisberger playing the way he has he. Can kind of needs Najee Harris to take over games. But my, my my advantage that goes to the Steelers is a lot is a lot like yours, what you said is the is the is this advantage. And it's the pass rush in general. Not just TJ Watt, but Alex Highsmith has really come along as a pass rusher. He doesn't always be he isn't always the guy that finishes the plays, but he's become the guy that's able to come off the edge and at least chase people out of the pocket into the arms of other players. In fact, the first sack of the game that was between Cam Hayward and um and TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith was the first guy to beat his man. And Baker Mayfield had to break the had to break out of the pocket. And when doing so, he ran right into those two other guys. It's going to be a mix of all three of those guys. When I when I look at where the where the Bears are in protection, the Bears are giving up sacks on twelve point six percent of the passing plays. They call that's the that's the most that's the highest percentage in the in the NFL right now. The Steelers haven't been sack masters this year. They they for the last four years in the NFL, they've had the most sacks each season, and that's that's an NFL record for 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 a streak. But they're at 19 sacks behind a few of the other teams. They can get after it. They're also just not blitzing. One thing I, I noted uh, on yesterday's episode of Lockdown Steelers, Lauren, they're only blitzing like 20% of the time. That's like the third lowest in the in the league or fifth lowest in the league. And they're getting pressure and, and hurries on quarterbacks, the third most uh, in the league of, of all teams. So they're just relying on their front four to get to, to bring pressure on guys. That's where they have to be able to win. And if they can do that, I truly think that'll be the problem for Justin Fields because now you're talking about having to beat that. Then you can try. Then when you have four guys, then you can leave Devin Bush as like, hey, you're just spying. Use your athleticism. Use your speed. Watch Justin, Justin Fields. And if a linebacker comes over the middle, you take them and, and you and you run with them. But then that allows the rest of the secondary to say, okay, now we can just focus on making sure we're playing assignment coverage, making sure we're applying the proper leverage and not doing that. So that's where I can see the Steelers and them doing something different is if that front four dominates the line of scrimmage, the rest of the defense won't have to worry about anything and they'll be fine. But those are those those are my advantages and disadvantages there. Yeah, um, I will Lauren, say I will say with with, with Fields and, and the sacks, it's definitely been, you know, I think the the inflation in the number of sacks has been a little bit more Fields than the offensive line. So like the offensive line is still allowing pressure, but Fields has been a little bit inclined to hold on the ball too long and try and create something with his legs because he's such a dynamic playmaker with his legs. It's like, oh, well, he wants to escape the pocket, keep the play alive, and sometimes, you know, he'll get sacked two yards behind the line of scrimmage as he's, like, starting to try and scramble away, but just trust his speed a little bit too much or little things like that where a lot of those sacks could be negated if he threw it away, but the offensive line still does get blamed for allowing the pressure in the first place. But the difference between that pressure being just hurrying the quarterback and throwing it away versus becoming an actual sack that's been a little bit more on Justin Fields this season 
I feel you. I feel you on that. You know, it's and that that, that happens sometimes is that quarterbacks kind of create the situation. Jalen Hurts has done that for the Eagles more than a few times this year. Um, but you know, but that's one thing. The Steelers they love to get quarterbacks to get jittery. Um, that's something that they did to Lamar Jackson in the first couple times they faced him. Um, and uh, it's it's been an interesting component. We'll see that matchup later in this year. But Lauren, this is a heck of an episode, man. I was glad to talk some football with you, man. Let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Of course, we're five days a week on the Lockdown Bears podcast on YouTube as well. On Twitter, at Lockdown Bears is the podcast. I'm on Twitter, at Cox Sports One. Of course, always talking Bears. And Chris, let my listeners know, too, where they can find more Steelers stuff from you if they want that advanced intel. Just like Locked On Bears, Locked On Steelers, Monday through Friday, sometimes Sunday if we want if we want to get uh, want to get a special on us. Um, but you can find you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and of course YouTube. Like, hey, do so, do us some fans, Bears fans, go to go to Locked On Steelers, subscribe to our page, hit like on our video. Steelers fans, do the same for Lauren and the Bears. Give them some likes and uh, some likes and some subscribes on on YouTube. That really helps. That really helps everyone. Also, go on Apple, leave us all five star reviews with positive comments. That stuff really helps out the shows and the entire Locked On Podcast Network. From Chris Carter and Lauren Cox, thanks so much for for joining the show. We'll both be giving you our own editions of our Friday and Monday episodes before this game because it is Monday Night Football at Heinz Field. Lauren, will you be there or are you you staying in Chicago? Yeah, I'm staying around here. I'm not making the trip out. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll be on site at Heinz Field, so it should be a live one under the lights. But stay tuned and get all your prep for that on Locked On Steelers and Locked On Bears. From Chris Carter and Lauren Cox, we will see you then.